You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements, organisations and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Glenn's lots of things. So, I mean, I, I first met Glenn uh, when I moved back to, to Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, where I'm originally from. So, I actually moved back there after living in the UK as well as uh, in Africa um, for, for a period of time with work. And I'd, I'd moved home and I actually met Glenn on, of all things, a um, which neither of us kind of um, participated much in our lives in the, in the world of advertising. So, I actually met him doing a film, a film shoot. And... Um, Glenn is one of the um, founding partners of a firm called Breakhouse, and uh, which is an interior um, design and kind of branding um, specialist, a kind of physical um, design. And Glenn is now become a a painter. Um, so Glenn and I, you know, we've we've known each other for um, yeah, I mean, a long time uh, now. So you know, at least kind of um, fifteen years. But what's kind of really always been interesting about Glenn is his take on the world. So it's not not so much kind of what he actually does, it's really how he views things. And that's what you get a really good insight into here, not only Joe and Glenn's relationship, um, but you also get a really good insight into the way Glenn processes the world and and the way he sees it and the way he he processes problems and sees the bright side of life. Um, And that's also a clue into one of the albums that he's been listening to on repeat that's been helping him color the canvases that he is painting at the moment one of 10 is a series of intrigue that glenn does to help people i suppose process in the way he processes the world and the questions he's asking Um, i think we're going to be able to put up an image on on our webs and socials where you can get a good sense of what Glenn's works about and go from there. But he's only picked up the paintbrush eight months ago mm. and now he's a fully fledged artist. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing stuff. So I really hope everyone gets a, gets a chance to look at it. And, you know, I, I think what, what goes through it all is kind of the, the approach to kind of um, solving problems and kind of telling, telling stories. And I think that's what I really, really enjoyed. And it's also, you know, I think both, um, both Patrick as well as Glenn, you know, are quite um, open about their kind of their own dyslexia and the way that they actually kind of um, how that influences actually how they how they look at the world. So kind of in a in a good and bad sense. So certainly uh, an incredible chat. Already, I'm bored of hearing my voice. But uh, my name is Glenn McMinn. Uh, fuck. Um, I live in Halifax, Nova Nova Scotia, Canada, which is on the east coast of Canada. Um, if you were to go due south, you'd, you'd more or less hit, uh, you know, New York, Boston, et cetera. We're, we're on that part of the, the North American coast. Um, I am, I guess I'd call myself, because I, I need to, for the sake of this discussion, um, a storyteller uh, of, of different mediums, mostly the physical, I guess. Uh, uh, I, I have a, a deep background in um Retail and brand, uh, uh, sorry, retail and hospitality design as well as architecture. I also worked in the film industry for a number of years as a production designer. I was an illustrator. I was a graphic designer. Um, and now I, uh, the, this past year, I left my, my, my career behind me. I guess the career that I had for about 20 years, uh, as a, as a co-founder and chief creative officer of a company called Breakhouse, breakhouse.ca. Um, 
and I left that company last year uh, in pursuit of something new, and I didn't quite know what it would be. Um, but I, I, I think ultimately, as we all know, uh, that um, perspective comes from time and space, and I've had that. And uh, about literally, uh, I think it's eight months ago, I was going through some things and found an old, an old literally an old paintbrush. Um, I hadn't painted in 20 years, and I just thought, geez, I'd like to maybe try painting. And eight months later, I'm, I'm now a full-fledged, full-time artist, and that's, that's sort of where I am right now. Beautiful, beautiful. And Glenn, um, I mean, take me back to, you're not originally from Halifax, are you? So kind of bring, bring me to actually how you came to uh, the hometown that we share. So uh, my, um, I can go way back, and uh, my father was in the Canadian Air Force, and up until 16, I moved, I think, six times uh, across, all across Canada. And uh, we ended up settling in just outside of uh, Toronto, um, the center of the universe for any Canadians that are listening. And uh, um, it, um, it, it, it was not my interest to stay there for whatever reason, and ultimately I traveled through Europe and Worked, worked in cities in Canada, and, and I, I uh, decided I wanted to become an architect, and I started studying. I, I, I applied across Canada, and fortunately enough, I, uh, I got accepted to go to what is now the uh, Dalhousie School of Architecture back in 1991, and uh, I, that brought me out to Halifax. And then after I graduated, um, the film industry was starting up here, or was getting, let's say, more serious. Um, and I had worked in the film industry in Toronto before, so ultimately I, uh, I was able to uh, secure an opportunity or two here, and, it, and at, at the time my girlfriend, now my wife, we decided, both decided to stay here and make a go, and uh, that's, that's how I stayed, came to Halifax and stayed, stayed in Halifax. Well, you've lived quite a, quite a life, and I suppose it speaks to you finding your, your paintbrush Eight months ago, I love that bit where you say you floating in space gives you great perspective. Um, I feel like a lot of us should take something from that right now, feeling isolation and, and try and get a bit of perspective on life. Uh, and I've seen some of your paintings. They're beautiful. Can you tell us a little bit about the themes that you've been working with on them and, and how you've been, I suppose, framing up your work and where you're coming from and what you're working on? Uh, sure. So, you know, it's nothing's ever clear until you get on the other side. And uh, I think I was for the first four months of my um, uh, the other side of my uh, my business career, I was uh, looking, trying to find what I was trying to do. And I was trying different things. And I didn't know if I'd start another design company. And um, and when I happened upon my paintbrush and, and some paint I, I you know I, I had some canvas somewhere in the house and I thought I would I would try it and um, um, it it was it, it surprised me how quickly something happened and uh, and I would say to, to, to you honestly I, I just started painting I didn't necessarily have anything I wanted to paint and so I just started painting faces and uh, and and some a couple of friends and and my family and then I'll tell you this one, one day, a very good friend of mine who I used to work with, uh, her name's Allegra. Um, she came to the house as a friend to, 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 to just lend me her face so I can paint it. 
And she'd just come from a, a devastating meeting uh, with some friends regarding um, dealing with the death of a, of a mutual friend. And she, she was, um, she was obviously struggling a little bit. And, and so what I do when I paint people is I, I, I art direct them and I take photos of them. And that's what I do because I can't stand spending eight hours with people to try to paint them for 10 hours. <laughs> so I photograph it and uh, I work, I, I, and from the many photos I take, I inevitably come with one or a mixture of a couple and paint from those. So I was, I asked her to, 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 you know, just to look at the camera and she had this haunting look and, uh, you know, I, I wish I, I wish we had a ability to point out to you which one she is, but she, that gave birth to this, Thing, which was ultimately the, the storytelling part of what I wanted to do with the painting, which was this birth of this thing called Ten of One, which is doing ten paintings uh, on one subject. And in her case, she she birthed this thing where I wanted to ask every person who I was going to paint, think of the worst thing someone's ever said to you, and I want to take their photo and ultimately paint their photo. And so I did this series of ten, which I did. I think I shared with Joe there. Um, and I think you may have seen it, Patrick. And that, and that, that kind of got me to the next stage that this is what I could do. I can paint, but it's almost like a photo essay where I pick a subject and I do 10 paintings around the actual, the actual, um, subject matter. And, and it, you know, ultimately it's an in- intimate portrayal of what I hear and see in, in an analog way, you know, in paint as, as, as paint versus as digital. Mm. I have seen it and it is it is strong and we will share it so people can have an opportunity to see it. Um, how has it been for you, Glenn, coming from a very business-centric background and then moving into just yourself working, painting and engaging in the way that you have? have you, is there many similarities? Is there a big change? Is it how have you felt that progress, change, digression, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I think I, I, I don't know your background, Patrick, but I mean, I think we've all worked in in great situations where we work with a community of people and we enjoy them, and uh, we we tend to collaborate and come up with. I, I worked as a you know a brand or a designer, helped help national brands rebirth themselves, uh, you know, and and worked with amazing people both in my own company as well as with people on the other side of the table, and that was a you know that really fed. Uh, my happiness for a long time. And uh, I think now where, why painting and ultimately why I'm doing what I'm doing now, and I sort of use the word analog, it is, is that it really, it really gets me to stop and, and literally, you know, smell the coffee or what is it? Smell the roses, taste the coffee, whatever the hell. I, I don't know what the term is, but ultimately just take a breath, take a step back, be by myself, Listen, listen to music. In particular, I listen to the the national. I don't know why, but their music is just is just one of those amazing storytelling bands that sort of hit me at the right time. And I, I basically listen to them um, probably ninety eight percent of the time that I, I've been painting, and I and I, can't, wow. I just keep on playing in them over and over again. And I don't know why. I, I'll be honest, I don't know why, but um, it just affects like it just completely it can completely soothe me and also engages me and is in the background is in the foreground and has really empowered uh what i what i do and how i think you know 
And how's the um, you're you're speaking before, Glenn, about obviously that there's there's an energy right that comes from um, pursuing certain things. So when you're kind of working in a in a business context, working in um, in particular Breakhouse and kind of in the film industry, there's there's an energy that goes with that around collaboration. But what you're kind of talking about now, this this zone, it feels it feels quite different in terms of the kind of I guess the the energy that that comes from it. But you're still pursuing telling telling a story. So I'm interested in kind of how how you contrast that in your in your own mind in terms of the you know the energy difference between a collaborative environment and then one more that's about actually finding and defining the story yourself. Yeah, uh, I, I I I guess the best way to to sort of characterize what the the difference of the two is is I think when you're when you're when you collaborate with a group of people, you learn so much from them, but you also, um, and hopefully you evolve your own, your own insights and, and therefore your opinions evolve. There's also a part of you that you give up. There's also a little bit of part of you about what you believe in that you tend to throw into the, throw this side because you feel other people's, uh, values are more important on the day in this particular, uh, in this particular project. And I, I think that's brilliant and, and wonderful. And I had done that for 20 years. And I think for me now, I follow my own path. I, I paint what I want to paint. I pursue what I want to pursue. I'll give you an example. Right now I'm doing a ser- series on fighting and hockey because I'm a big hockey fan. And it's not about it's, should there be fighting or not, but it's really the, it's, it's, it's the, it's the emotion around the feeling of people having to fight. And, um, I have a, an ex, I'm waiting to hear from an ex NHL, um, player who, National Hockey League player who made a living fighting and, and his career ended one fateful night. And I want to learn about what that, what that moment was. And I want to be able to take that and trans, translate that into a canvas and have a conversation about it. And I want to own that. Like I want to, I, I want to own that. And I want to hear what other people have to say once it's done versus the journey of me trying to translate it into a canvas. You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements, organizations, and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact, and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. And I think that the notion of kind of, you know, you and your paintbrush and, and the canvas, but being able to tell, tell a story, I think that's, that's kind of what I'm really interested in, Glenn, from how you look at the, the world is that, you know, um, I mean, we first met um, kind of, I guess, you know, in, in your work at Breakhouse when you're kind of looking at manifesting and telling a physical story, which I think is something that, you know, we both kind of, we certainly share a passion. You've got much more skill at um, than I do. But what what's always intrigued me is the way that you find you find story, and I'm wondering about you know you're talking about kind of looking at that in a canvas sense, and it seems that that's the part that's actually coming with you is kind of wanting to to find and tell tell a unique story and actually uncover what's already there. 
So the canvas actually isn't blank in some ways in, in your in your process. And what I'm wondering is kind of if you can share how how those stories unfold for you um, with with the listeners. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't. I you know, um, I'm not a good coach. I'm more of a player, so I'm not. I don't know if I can really pontificate. That's the right word there. Um, it's a nice sort of point. how the translation happens. I just sort of see things, and and then I I like I don't really know how to explain to anybody uh, how they get to where they get to. I I can say I can say to you that. As a like as a crit like a, a like a design crit. If I went back, when I went to go back to school of architecture, I always find something good in what something's what people are doing. I never really look at the negative parts because I believe that there's always something good to tell. There's always something interesting that that will captivate people. And at times, you know, my job is to find that that nugget and turn turn it into a boulder of information and get people excited. Mm-hmm. And I would say that you know the film industry taught me to to focus on the most important things and not get not get in the way of the of the heroes of the story but to create a, so as a production designer you set design sp- space so that the you know the viewer can watch and believe that that this is world war ii and they're in a bunker um it's important that you put aside what you what you think or what you think people want to see and and learn about the character and and how they became who they became and designed based on that and based on their world and when you do that you can translate and help anybody understand anything as far as i'm concerned and so that translated into retail and hospitality where you start telling stories of of the owners or of the people that work there and the connections that happen between those people and the people they want to most attract and retain i know i'm kind of rambling and circling the the the, uh, the tarmac, but it's, again, it's it's not something. It, it's more intuitive for me, even though I, I I get it from reading and understanding and talking and um, uh, listening and asking a, a, a shit ton of questions. <laughs> I think you nailed it, Glenn. Um, you should give yourself more co- coaching points than you do by the sounds of it. I was wondering on a on a personal note, I've just found out I'm I'm dyslexic, and I saw a little thing come through from Joe yesterday that you might be tackling dyslexia in your next one of 10 or thereabouts i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that on a selfish note so by the way congratulations Uh, it's a great um i'm dyslexic and i didn't know until seven eight years ago and it completely transformed uh my understanding of my shortcomings actually are superpowers and as ridiculous as that sounds when you're i'm 54 so you can imagine uh I, I can't speak, for, I don't know how old you are, Patrick, but I will tell you that when I was a young person in school, all the way through high school, from from, grade, from kindergarten all the way through, I was considered slow and stupid. Um, uh, I was, my, my parents were brought in a number of times. Once in high school, uh, my mother was brought in and the guidance counselor, my English teacher said that I was illiterate and I shouldn't plan to go to university. Um, so... Uh, dyslexia has always been part of my life. I just didn't know what it was until a few years ago. Um, dyslexia is an amazing, it's an amazing, uh, thing to come to terms with. And I have a good buddy of mine, uh, who I can connect you guys to. I think would be a fantastic person to talk to uh, Dean Bragan, Bragan A, who lives down in Boston. And, and he, 
he he's a full force on dyslexia and um it, he, he believes it's a superpower and it, it really empowers individuals the problem with this with the world we live in i guess for dyslexics is 80 to 90 percent of everything that like in the school system is designed for linear thinking and dyslexics are not don't think that way and therefore we struggle so what I'd like to do is focus on um, a, a group of 10 by interviewing people. Uh, in perfect world, I'd be with them, like physically, but as, as you know, it's pretty impossible. And be able to translate maybe their greatest fears, maybe the greatest accomplish, accomplishments into, these, into, the, um, in, into a painting. And you know, ultimately, the idea is that this group of 10 would go somewhere and people would be able to talk about it, you know? raise awareness or help somebody i guess that's a great concept um i'd personally really benefit from that uh it's amazing to hear that you've only found out a couple of years ago i only found out a couple of months or a couple of weeks ago i'm 28 glenn oh wow um and yeah it is a big thing and i have a similar thing in terms of uh my story at school um and university had a different schooling upbringing where we didn't really talk about it but i had to teach myself how to read when i was in year nine so i was 16 Mm. um and it was always like a it was my closet thing where i just didn't know how to how to read or how to communicate in that way and would hide behind sport i suppose um so really interesting Mm. to hear you do that and i love that concept of bringing art into the public and then making it a, a platform to speak from and open up discussion it sounds like you've got um, that really space perspective running strong there. Well, I think it's, I think, I, I mean, both of you would agree that, you know, the greatest, the, the great thing with success, if you can call it that, is being able to share, to share it with other people and help other people. And I think, uh, you know, I, I have a, I was fortunate enough to be able, my wife has a great job and we, we, we are, secure for a, a little longer that I can, I can focus sort of my energies into things that I relate my passions and what I believe in. And, you know, this is one of them for sure. Uh, and I'm really happy for you that you found out and, you know, offline, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a book to get, uh, uh <laughs> funny. He gave, he sent it to me as a joke because I don't, I I've read one book in 20 years. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, but he sent me this book as a joke, but I think you can get it as a, uh, as an audible uh, audio. So I'll, I'll recommend it to you, Patrick, but congrats. I mean, are, are you, did it open up a lot of understanding of who you are so far? And it's only been a few weeks, of course. It did. It was a, a strange experience for myself because I went to university not knowing why I was struggling so much. I'd get always different, uh, without going into too much detail. It'll always be contrast. I'd be engaged, but just couldn't write and communicate that well. Um, and it's always been there. A teacher said to me, I think you've got it. Um, and I was like, I, yeah. And then I just sort of ignored it. And then once I've got the result, I suppose at first it was a bit challenging because you get a weird, um, disability profile on you and you get a few, uh, things that'll help you. And just reading through it was, uh, really nice, but also a strange realization, I suppose. Um, it brought up things of trying to hide from um, my my inabilities to perform certain ways. Um, and, but I have done um, some reading and looking into different things about this the superpower phenomenon of dyslexia, um, and and definitely mm. appreciate understanding that um, that 
a sort of outer perspective and sort of understanding myself and my inner process has been really nice and it's lovely to hear yourself speak about it so strongly so appreciate her sharing that but i was gonna ask glenn what do you see coming out um of covid you've got a great perspective on the world where do you think this is going to happen maybe locally and then and then globally <laughs> um that's you know that's a really i'm sure, do you ask everybody that question patrick <laughs> he does we're just building up a portfolio of insight yeah. yeah yeah well i guess the question okay. the real question is do the superpowers stretch from both of you <laughs> do they actually stretch that that far so that's uh, that's my, uh, that's my hard question <laughs> uh, yeah um i mean you know I, let's talk about the positive things and I can only, so I'll talk locally positive and I'll say just about, you know, it's, it's inappropriate for me to talk about other people's lives. I'll just talk about what's happened for, for my life and my family. And, um, my son plays a high level of a sport and he's been doing it for a number of years. And, uh, he had to become a kid again, you know, everything got closed and he had to rethink things. And, uh, it's been fantastic. He, he's really enjoyed it, and he's going to carry that part of that of his life forward. Uh, as a family, we're together all the time, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm certain everybody is. And sink or swim, you're going to look back at this time in life and go, "Man, that was amazing that we had that time together," because we all we all have uh, grown up busy, and you know. So those those aspects, I think, I think are fantastic. I also think there's been some sort of great awakening uh, around the world. I think we're facing it. Uh, we're, we're, we're seeing it right now in social and sort of social movement. Um, and again, I don't know if that would have happened without people having time to process and think. Um, so, you know, those are the things that I think are really positive. Uh, uh, and again, I can't speak for other people who are having and struggling uh, are, uh, uh, right now. So, so that, that's my answer. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so, you know, I, th- I think for the last couple of questions and certainly one that I wanted to ch- chat through is that this kind of um, coming back to kind of the, the dyslexia thing and the kind of the, the notion of superpowers and actually how, how that kind of, I guess, view on things. I mean, explain to me what is, what is different, um, Glenn, I guess, in terms of kind of the, the actual kind of what it, what it is and what the superpowers actually, actually give you. Cause I think we spend a lot of time in life often focused on, these narratives of kind of overcoming overcoming things and you know we've had this conversation before um you know over a beer and stuff and i'm much more about that you really accentuate positive so you try to kind of find ways that you know like we all have stuff that we're not great at but um we all have stuff that we're phenomenal at so you kind of try to focus on phenomenal and i guess i'm interested in kind of you know glenn in your reflections of kind of you know what dyslexia has actually genuinely given you in terms of actually how you look you look at the world so the, the 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 best way I've heard it explained, and I think I explained it to myself at one time like this or to somebody was think of think of your think of a, a problem think of a problem as a galaxy, and typically we go to travel the galaxy. We we typically go from you know from Earth to the to the Moon, and then we go to the, I, I don't know what even, you know, to the next planet, to the next planet, to explore, to find the answer to the problem. Uh, a dyslexic tends to, to pull insight from all over the galaxy 
to bring it back to solve the problem. I think that's sort of an easiest way to say it. Um, and again, I'm not saying that people who aren't dyslexic don't think that way as well. I, I don't know because I don't think I'm not like that. But um, what I've learned over the years, because I had to struggle, my first degree, believe it or not, uh, um, from a very good school, the University of Western Ontario in London, Ontario, uh, is an honors degree in history. And I had to read uh, because I have this love of history and, and learning about people and culture. Um, and I would get all the books on s- some sort of subject that I wanted to write. And I would read a paragraph at a time. And I would read the paragraph probably, let's say, five, six times and summarize the paragraph into cards. And he- and I would create all these cards and have hundreds of cards in the wall about this idea. And I would color code them. And I would do all this stuff. Anyways, long story short is I taught myself how to break things down to to the atom and then rebuild uh, to, to solve with those different pieces to rebuild um, to solve the problem. So I would say the the power that I've enjoyed being being dyslexic is hearing a lot of information and cutting to what I think is the real problem and being able to help, again, in my, my corporate life, help big brands, um, big, big experience-based brands, rethink who they are in a very crowded um, industry and I would say that 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 is probably sort of one of the strengths that I that I have um, and I also say also would say too Joe that again I can only speak from my own experience that um, I I can I I believe that I don't see I don't hear the clutter I just see the answer mm. if that makes sense yeah, totally, totally does. And, you know, there's a lot of um, stuff. I mean, what you're describing, I mean, again, I can't speak to, to your experience and the way that you look at look at problems. It feels very much like, like flow states, right? Where you where the kind of the noise actually actually comes down. I mean, even in my own problem solving, you kind of you get a sense that you're on the right track, right? And but the information isn't there to support it. But you know, you know that it's actually it's there and you've got to kind of um you know this this idea of kind of flow is that you stop you stop kind of um hearing what actually goes goes around you and i guess it's it sounds a bit like it sounds a bit like that you know in terms of these kind of states where you're you're able to as you say you see the problem right and i guess maybe that's the that's the kind of difference in it is that i would argue you know glenn um kind of knowing you as i do is that one of the things that you are um you have above anyone else i've ever really met is your ability to kind of actually boil something down and actually define the true thing that actually needs to needs to be done and uh yeah that's kind of you know maybe that's what's taking you through your painting as well it's not really a question it's probably more of a of an observation but certainly it just makes me think that you know maybe that's the comparable is it's kind of it's it's about a flow and it's a but maybe the dyslexic part is more about being able to define the start point to that flow whereas that's where i think a lot of us um non-dyslexics actually we struggle we actually struggle with being able to define the start point and the problem and I also think too, and I know we're talking a lot about dyslexia, but there's, there's, you know, for every superpower, there's a kryptonite, and there are some really harsh realities about being dyslexic. And um, again, each person's different. For me, um, it's not just speaking, uh, sorry, reading aloud. Um, it's, it's comprehension, reading comprehension, spelling. Um, I would have people, uh, very close people in the office, uh, 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 read incoming emails for me and outgoing emails for me at times uh, because I would either misunderstand what someone, the tone 
that someone was writing. And I know that's generally what people do sometimes with emails, but I was pretty bad. And if I had to write a par- an important email of a paragraph, it could take me three hours. Yeah. It was, yeah. it, it's, it's brutal. It's just brutal. So, <laughs> so long story short is it, it has pros and cons for yeah, sure. For sure. For sure. And um, you were say- you're saying earlier, Glenn, um, kind of, you know, last question for me and Patrick looked like he has another one judging by the smile he's giving me um, is the kind of, you know, you talked about this kind of idea of the other side. So you kind of you never quite see something until you're kind of actually on the on the other side of it. And talk me through kind of when you're when you're looking at a blank canvas, like what talk, just talk, put me in that moment. What do you, what do you see when you've got a paintbrush in your hand and you haven't made a stroke yet? You know, it's funny, I finished the painting today, and now it's to the point when I finish painting, I, I become a different person. I become antsy and, and irritated uh, because I don't know what my next painting is going to be. Um, they sort of have these different, I have these sort of different stages. There's this ideal point where today I was finishing off the painting and I was so excited. It's the one I sent you guys uh, just before the call. Um, I'm not intimidated by a canvas, but I would say to you that um, it takes a while to massage uh, the idea to where it needs to be. Um, and unless I, I'm not good at making things up. I need to talk to people and I need to look around and I need to smell and I need, I need my senses to be working and I need a, to find a problem that I can, that I need to solve to paint, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, the, 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 the 10 paintings that I did of the 10 people were, was a, was a great example of, it, it was less about the painting and more about the, the photo I had to take and getting them to be serious and get them, getting them to be in the mindset of falling back to that place where someone said something to them to, that really affected them and trying to capture that. And once I had that, I, the, the painting piece, was I wouldn't say easy, but it was it was there, you know. So I think I think I, I think I have a good idea once I get to the canvas what it should be. I just it's just I need to be able to solve a problem or solve part of the puzzle to paint it is the, really the hard part. Mm. I think that's a really good space to end. Um, I could chat to you a lot, um, Glenn, on on lots of different topics, but I think you've. Um, nailed a really nice ending there for us and and give the listeners a beautiful space to um, contemplate what you've said and what's been spoken here. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to BAU Business As Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.